You're listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. just tuned into American RVer. Glad you could join us. On this show, we meet John Cashman and Marshall Aiken, who specialize in repairing and restoring 1961 through 67 Lincoln Continental car convertible systems and electrical systems. They travel all over the country as full-timers in their Dynamax RV. Peg then goes into the kitchen to whip up cheese and herb potato fans, a twist on the boring baked potato. In our tech tip section, Josh Hall from Alliance Coach shows us the proper method to use to put out our slide rooms. Thanks for watching. Now on with the show. Thanks for joining us on this edition of American RVer. You know, a lot of us have hobbies, and sometimes we take our hobbies a step farther and we turn them into businesses, and that's what my guests have done today. With me today are John Cashman and Marshall Aiken, and we're going to talk about Lincoln Continentals. Thanks for joining me today. Pleasure Thank to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, Lincoln Continentals, big cars, convertibles. How did you get into doing repair work on those? And then tell me a little bit about the repair work that you do. Well, what I specialize in is the vintage Lincolns of the 60s. They made the Lincoln oh. Continental Convertible 1961 to 1967. Okay. And they made a total of 21,000 cars over those seven years. And that's what I specialize in doing the electrical work on the complex convertible tops and power windows on those vintage Lincolns. Okay, is that a cloth top or is it like a hard top? It was a, it was a cloth top, a convertible. It was a cloth uh, top where the uh, uh, the the top retracts into the trunk. Oh instead right. Of, instead of uh, like the old, uh, there were uh, uh, what was the Skyliner? The, the, the Skyliner did it as a hard top. Mm -hmm. These these happen where actually the canvas top uh, goes up, retracts into the trunk, and then folds back. So it's right. very much more complicated than the oh, usual. Oh yeah, usual and the wiring is throughout the whole car. It's not just They're right there at the top. Probably the most complex uh, production car ever built. The convertible hmm. top is 10 relays, 5 reversing motors, and 15 limit switches. Just for the magic of that top folding all automatically using one switch. No kidding. How do you get into something like that? Well, I <laughs> bought one of these 32 years ago, and I had to have a few parts cars to keep my own car going. Uh -huh. So back in the 70s and 80s, parts cars were pretty readily available. And uh, there weren't too many people specializing in vintage Lincolns. They were doing Mustangs, Camaros, and those kind of mm -hmm. cars. And uh, after I realized there wasn't, there was a market for Lincoln parts. I bought more parts cars, and I learned a lot by doing and repairing these cars. Okay, did you have like a big open field, and you bought cars, and they found a home in the field, and that's how you got yeah, your very parts? Good basically, <laughs> uh, I had a mail order parts business for years where I scrapped out cars. I called them my organ donor parts cars, <laughs> and. Uh, I buy parts cars and take the good parts off them, send parts all over the world mail order. We scrapped out lots. And of actually, parts. it started out even smaller. It was the uh, it was the rise of the internet and uh, uh, acquiring a website that mm -hmm. changed everything. Until then, it was kind of a small mom and pop uh, 
uh, a business we had in Florida. Right. Once we went online, once uh, someone developed a website for us early on before I, at that time, uh, I knew people, I knew websites, but I didn't know anybody who actually had one. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to, we're going back to like 96. 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mid 90s. And it was that website uh, that changed everything in the business at that time. It, uh, we started out fairly small. We didn't want to have a business where we employed people. Right. And just the two of us actually had one person that worked worked for us. Mm -hmm. But we realized when, when when suddenly it exploded that it was taking up all of our time, that it became too big, too fast, and we were doing nothing but mailing order parts all day. And it was then that we decided uh, to go the direction of uh, staying smaller, going on location like we are now and traveling and, and, and doing just electrical work on the tops and windows rather than this big uh, big mail order parts business. Okay, well one of the great things about traveling is you've got a Renegade, right? Is that what this is? The coach that you're driving? It's, it's actually a Dynamax. Oh, it's a Dynamax. But, 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 but oh, I, I do apologize oh, no, to Renegade you for makes that. Similar ones. Renegades <laughs> are very similar. Right. And, King, and there's Kingsley also who's no longer right. in business. Right, it's got that big cab front end like a truck Basically, and then the rest a, is your living area. It's a semi-truck with 42 feet of sleeper on the back. Okay, and what made you decide to go that route instead of a traditional Class A or a Class question. C? Well, I like the heavy-dutiness of it. Basically, it's a Columbia Series Freightliner truck. I like the serviceability. Just raise the hood and the engine's right there. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the fact I can haul a lot of weight and pull a lot of weight. And the heavy-dutiness of it appeals With to With slightly me. better gas mileage, too. And overall, the fuel economy on this coach, it's a 42-foot coach. Uh, I tow a 8,000-pound Suburban with all my tools and parts oh for on-site service. Right. And uh, we're getting uh, overall average nine and a half miles a gallon of diesel. Oh, that is pretty good. Yeah. And with the Suburban attached, about 64, 65 feet long. This is a 42-foot right. right. coach by itself, but with the Suburban, it right. makes it much longer. So most of your parts and your tools are in this Suburban, so you don't take your coach to somebody's house and try to find a place to park in their no, yard, the, then, do you? The coach stays <laughs> in the full-service RV park, and I right. commute a 100-mile radius okay. in the Suburban service truck, and in that is everything needed to fix the complex convertible tops and power windows on site at so somebody's home or office. you still have to have a pretty good inventory of parts with you then. Right, and I, as I tour no, the country. It's a challenge, it's a challenge. I'm constantly restocking and re... Oh, so you're finding other automobile graveyards and finding parts that way? Because that's really all the fewer, way you, fewer, only way you can get those, them, right? Fewer and fewer Sometimes. of those. As, as we yeah. started out, there, were, there was much more common to be able to find you know, some electrical parts and other mm -hmm. parts in, uh, in junkyards across the nation, but now that's getting smaller and smaller. They're getting less and less available. Luckily, John can rebuild uh, and work on a lot of the uh, oh, old, uh, old relays. Uh, uh, it's almost like watchmaking. The uh, limit switches, relays, he can do some right. rebuilding. But really, there's no new new parts. There's no new uh, electrical parts coming out. I have about 20 vendors I restock from. Oh, okay. And then I find some parts cars still to this day as I tour around. And then some parts are a uh, a later model part that I call doing a sex change on, I make it fit the older cars. <laughs> How many cars would you say you've done? I mean, given that there's question. not that many that have been made in that time period. I would estimate probably 15% of the total production of you know. convertibles survive wow. in one state or another. And recently, as prices have risen, uh, more of them are coming out of the woodwork. There's enough to keep me busy, and I average about three or four cars a week what doing the electrics. What were the production stats? Wow, how many, how that's a made? lot. He knows how many how many convertibles well, they were made, made. They made twenty-one thousand. Right. Over three hundred and forty-seven Lincoln Continental four-door convertibles right. from nineteen sixty-one to nineteen sixty-seven, and those are the that's the window that I specialize in. 
and basically I've done parts for Lincolns from 1961 to 1979 for about 30 years. Wow, that's an awful lot of experience. Yeah, I remind John he's very fortunate. <laughs> he's never worked for anyone else. He's always had his own business. Uh -huh. So okay. uh, It's been a niche business, and yeah. I enjoy touring around, meeting interesting people. Every day is a different job site. Do you and plan your travels based on where the work is, or do you plan your travels and then work around that space? We like to follow the sun, so we okay. won't be in cold areas. But uh, we follow, there's uh, a lot of the highest concentration of the vintage Lincolns is Florida, Texas, and Southern California. The Sun Belt, the Sun Belt. Oh, sure. And, and there's uh, a lot of retirees in that, yes. those areas, and that's probably who mostly owns these cars, isn't it? They're a toy. Right. Like An a, expensive toy. They, yeah. They like it when everything works, and when everything works and works properly, it adds value to the car. And usually I can make everything work and work properly on those Lincolns in, a, in about a 10-hour day. Are these cars mostly already redone and rebuilt by the time you get to the point of fixing the roof? Or, or are you fixing the convertible top and then they're doing other renovations? Some of them are pretty nice original survivor cars that have never gone downhill to the mm -hmm. point of being nearly junked and then brought back and then others are what I call field fresh or barn fresh <laughs> and uh, they, they pulled them they out on a flatbed. They just need everything. And as they're becoming less and less less common also we're finding that uh, people are restoring uh, cars that are in, in worse and worse condition you know cars 10 years ago that were rusted out that they you know would never they would never just scrap just out. because the availability is not there and they're now reviving those yeah and, uh, and then and the so, cost factor I'm sure yeah and we're, so we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that so yeah. I work on everything from show cars to barn fresh yeah, they can be field fresh problems. cars that need everything <laughs> and uh, there's a saying there's nothing more expensive than a cheap Lincoln I tell people they're better off to buy one that's fairly Turnkey go condition right. a project. Right. Oh, we're losing yeah, your friend, she, and she, I wanted she, she, to uh, she, introduce her. Oh, she, we can talk about it now that she's. <laughs> about that she's we can absent. talk about her now that she's got up for a stretch. <laughs> this is uh, Pampa. Uh huh. Pampa has been uh, traveling with us for the past ten and a half years, ever since she showed up in a uh, Texas junkyard where I was taking apart uh, eighty Lincolns in for Pampa, parts in Pampa, Texas. This is wow. Pampa, Texas. Oh, now she knows we're talking about her. Oh, and, I see. Uh, she's traveled uh, forty-seven states at last count. Wow. She goes with me and helps me on my Lincoln job. She's missing North Dakota. Sometimes the customers have a uh. yard for her to run and play in, and other times she just is comfortable to just chill out in the truck. Oh, that's great. And what a great home she found with you guys. <laughs> I think she rescued us. Yeah. She she <laughs> you know, and that's one of the beautiful things about traveling in an RV, too, is you can bring your pets with you, and they're comfortable, and you're comfortable, and it's just a good fit. Yeah. We agree. Well, we love the RV lifestyle. We love traveling. We've been full-time now for almost nine years. Great. And uh, we love it. If, we don't, if yeah. the weather's no good or we don't like the neighbors or there isn't any work, we just crank up and go to the next town. Yeah, that's and awesome. And we're fortunate we can generate uh, an income and still do this and not depend on a retirement uh Exactly. Income, which is sometimes problematic, you know, it gives us a little more flexibility right. with where we go, what we do. Right, that's and, great. And we don't take it for granted. Right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us well, on American RV. Thank you, thank you for inviting us. Thank you for having us. Sure. All right. We'll be back with more of the show in just a moment.
For more information on John and Marshall's Lincoln Continental Electrical Service, go to www.convertiblelincolns.com or call 813-390-1950. An RV service facility and dealership should put the customer first. The service writers, office staff, techs, and salespeople must be geared towards making the customer happy and coming up with solutions for any problem. This customer-first attitude is found in the Southeast's best sales and service center, Alliance Coach. Customer service sets Alliance Coach apart from other dealerships. With full-service bays, a customer campground and lounge, reasonable rates, and knowledgeable staff, they guarantee your satisfaction. Come see us at our new second location in Lake Park, Georgia. It's time for a tech tip, brought to you by Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida. Tech tip today, we're going to be talking about slide rooms and whether you should put them out at travel height before or after you level the coach. Uh, the particular coach that we have today, it's going to be a coach that the slide rooms are put out at travel height before leveling. Um, what we've done is we've arrived at our destination, backed the coach in, plugged the unit in to power to make sure that our converter and our batteries are charging because we've just come off of a long trip and that's our, our, ba our, ba our first concern. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a walk around around the coach, make sure there's nothing in the way of our slide rooms, make sure there's nothing underneath the coach, um, and make sure it's just safe to put everything out and then put our levelers down when we're done with the slides. Okay, so we finished walking around the motorhome, there's nothing in the way. What we're going to do is look underneath, make sure there's no uh, crates or any baggage or luggage underneath the coach so that when we put our levelers down we're all safe and sound and then when we're done with that we're going to go inside and put our slide rooms out. Okay, all clear, let's go inside. And before we go in and move our slides out, we want to make sure that we have a door or window open for proper air circulation when the slide rooms are deployed. Okay, so we're all clear outside on our coach and we're still at ride height, airbags are still up, coach is fully aired. Now what we're going to do, we've made sure that there's no locks inside of our slide um, on the interior of the coach and we're going to go ahead and put the rooms out. We're going to extend the front rooms first. Now the bedroom. Okay, slides are out. Now we're ready to level on the next tech tip. Thanks for watching this month's tech tip. Sponsored by Alliance Coach. Have you been waiting for prices to come down on LED lighting so you can purchase some for your RV? Wait no longer. American RVer has G4 style puck lamp replacements for just $5.95 each, shipping included. Go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the link in the lower right corner of the homepage to order.
Well, fall is in the air, and it's a good time to start cooking inside your RV. You've probably been grilling outside all summer, and now it's time to move things in. Now, the potato is, of course, a very versatile vegetable. You can do a lot of things with it. Here's a quick and easy way to uh, make a twist on a baked potato. This is going to be called an herb and cheese potato fan. First of all, of course, make sure you wash your potato. As with any vegetable, you want to make sure you get get it washed before you start using it. The next thing we're going to do is actually just slice the potato into one eighth inch thick slices, but be careful not to cut all the way through because you want to be able to fan that potato out. So just be really careful when you do that. And you know what, if you do make it all the way through, it's really okay. Now this is something you can make um, in bulk if you want to do several potatoes at one time because you know with baking it's going to take the same amount of time whether you've got one potato or eight potatoes. So if you're planning on going to a cookout or going to a happy hour or going to a covered dish um, event, you can take any of these potatoes with you and it'll be the hit of the party. So just go ahead and cut your potatoes into one inch thick slices. Once you've made your last cut in your potato, oh, and you can see that I actually cut one of mine apart. Oh well. What we're going to do is we're going to preheat our oven to 425 degrees. I know that seems pretty hot, but what that's going to do is make the potato a little more crispy rather than just baked. I've gone ahead and just sprayed a little pan with some uh, pan spray. And now I'm going to try to just fan that potato out a little bit. You want to be able to get the good things like butter down inside all those individual slices. So fan it out a little bit, just give it a little spread. And then what you're going to do is take uh, melted butter and pour that over the top of your potato. Now you also want to do some salt and pepper for this potato because you know that everything's better with salt and pepper. And you can either do um, the melted butter first and then sprinkle on the salt and pepper or you can mix the salt and pepper pepper into your butter mixture. I'm going to go ahead and just put the butter on first, getting it to slide down in all of those nice little crevices. And then I'm going to take my salt and pepper and put that on separately. Again, make those fans come apart so that you can get a good amount of pepper and salt right within that. I love having fresh ground pepper and boy what a treat to have an electric pepper <laughs> grinder. Same thing with the salt. I actually use um, sea salt now because you actually don't use as much because your flakes are going to be a little bit bigger with the sea salt and your has um, so much more flavor than your regular ground salt. What we're going to do is bake this for 50 to 55 minutes in that 425 degree oven. And at the end of that time, keep an eye on it, make sure it doesn't get too browned. We're going to take the potato out of the oven and then we're going to add our fresh herbs. I have uh, fresh chives, which we'll chop up. And you know, you really can't beat the fresh herbs just because they're fresh. <laughs> if you don't happen to have them, yes, go ahead and use something that you've already got ground or is already not fresh, but really you can't beat this. Also got a little bit of thyme from the store. Um, chop that up into small pieces as well. Those are going to be the two things that I'm putting on top of my potato after that 50 to 55 minutes. And then the third thing we're going to put on top is going to be cheese. 
and you don't want to put the cheese or any of this on at the beginning because they're just going to get too um, too well done um, so let's do that for the last five minutes i'm going to use i have an asagio tree cheese and you know that's a very strong cheese so i want to grate just a little bit of that we'll put that over the top and then we're also going to use just some mild cheddar cheese and that will be a really nice topping to the top of that potato. But again, we're not going to put those on until after the potato's done cooking for that 50 to 55 minutes. And again, if you've got a convection oven, start taking a look at that at about 45 minutes because it could already be done. So let's go ahead and get that potato started so we can um, do the toppings at the end. Okay, so after that 55 minutes is over, or 50, or depending on uh, how long it took for your particular oven, we're going to take it out and we're going to add the cheeses and the herbs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the herbs on first and then put the cheeses on top. So remember I've got the chives chopped up and I've got the thyme chopped up. If you wanted to use some sage in there too, that would be really nice. So just kind of look and see what herbs are available. I'm sure if you wanted to use a little bit of parsley, that would be a really nice addition as well. The cheese I have, the um, cheddar and the asagio mixed. And instead of asagio, if you wanted to use a Parmesan cheese, think how good that would be. So they're all really, there's a lot of options here. So we're just gonna put it on like that and we're gonna just put it back into the convection oven for another five to 10 minutes. So when that's done, all of that's gonna get melted and cheesy and it's really gonna be a nice treat. Well, I've taken a look inside the door of the convection oven and I can see that that cheese is melted. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the potato out. It shouldn't take any more than five minutes for that cheese to melt. So let's take a look. Be careful, of course, taking it out of the oven that you don't hit your hands and burn yourself. Now there we go. That's really attractive. So that would be a nice thing to take to a potluck or a covered dish, uh, share with your friends if you're gonna have company over. And again, this time of year when it's a little bit cooler, it's okay to run that oven inside your RV. If you'd like the recipe for this baked potato, uh, go to AmericanRVer.com and we'll have the recipe right there. If you'd like more information about American RVer, there's more information there. And I just want to say thanks for joining us on this edition. For the best RV sales and service center in the southeast, call Alliance Coach in Wildwood, Florida at 866-888-8941 or go to www.alliancecoach.com.